podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the AI Fantasy Football Show. Christ, I almost forgot what to say in the intro there because it's been a long time since we've done this. Uh, but I'll introduce my guest and then we'll get into what we're going to discuss about. Uh, but yes, it's the end of the football Premier League football season, so we can actually do this pod again. But uh, Simon, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad at all. It's nice to be back. It feels like it's been a long time. I know. I like speak to you every day on WhatsApp, but I haven't like spoke to you in months. Don't even think yeah. you've been on the last few fantasy pods. <laughs> no, I've been since March, maybe. Mm, absolutely, and uh, and also joining us is Jay, who's always on with me. How are you doing, Jay? Uh, very well. Had a, a positive end to the fantasy season. Um, very positive end to the Liverpool season. So yeah, all's good. And I'm on a couple of weeks break from work. Not that I've actually fully Lovely. gone back yet, but you know, it's nice to be known. And I'm I'm going away for a few days. So sunny Scotland. But it's raining. Yeah, it's pissing. It's pissing down up here. So I don't know what Scotland's. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's pissing down Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but anyway, we're at one about fantasy, so we're just going to start with our scores, um, and then any, and then we'll get into players and all that jazz. But uh, Simon, I mean, I think you came top out of us three, but you seem a tad yeah. disappointed with the end of your season. Very disappointed, yeah. I actually, I came back the first week that we came back, I actually got 112, which is, and I and I was up to my best rank. I was w- winning our m- money league, I, and then I just, uh, I don't know what happened, but um, I pretty much have gotten nearly a red arrow every single week after that first one. I think my wild card kind of fucked me over a little bit i made a lot of bad picks i think i got a lot lots of the 50 50 picks wrong and um and i had my vice captain on the penalty king himself bruno and i missed all of his points basically and i just kept and then i think the one week that i did put the armband on him he blanked so that was kind of the kind of a uh, the way my last few weeks went and then I had my free hit say for the last week and I was 19 points off um the top spot in the money league so I basically just decided to build my team around all the people that he didn't have so I was it was kind of like a bit of a risky move I ended up with triple Bernie at the back um which didn't work <laughs> I just had to go all out for and because he had uh, he had a a Bamiyang, so I went for your favorite guy, um, Harry Kane. He actually did okay. I think he got nine points or something. No, so no, he didn't. But, um, he didn't. I think he scored. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, not loud. Yeah, no, he did all right. No, yeah, he scored. <laughs> nope. You got me a he couple didn't. of points, but um, I just I ended up actually finishing third. Um, I got 64 points in the last week, which got me a slight red. It wasn't a bad week, but um, yeah, I was I had basically just built my team to try and have as many people that David didn't have, who was the 
the winner of our money league. So fair play to him. He actually had an amazing run for the last eight weeks. Um, after it looked like I think I was about maybe even like eighty points ahead at one point. I was, and uh, I just completely pulled a Brendan Rodgers on it and. The whole thing. Full Leicester. <laughs> I, don't, full Leicester. <laughs> I don't think anyone's bottled it that hard, to be honest. <laughs> it was a fantastic performance from my team, but you know. <laughs> mm. So yeah, it was a bit of a. I ended up with uh, not my greatest rank ever overall, seventy six thousand. Um, compare that to last year, I finished three thousand nine hundred. So it's a bit of a drop off but better than the year before. So I seem to be either I do very well and then I do very badly. So next year I'll be back on top, I think, according to those crazy stats that I've just pulled out of nowhere. <laughs> but yeah, so I fell a little bit flat towards the end, but um, it was a fun ride though. Yeah, it was certainly interesting with the uh, the fast, the constant, frequent action of football every couple of days, and how many times I forgot to actually do stuff. <laughs> uh, problem, wasn't it? It just kind of. Mm. There's times when I didn't know what was happening, and it's like, oh, the, the deadline is like now, even though there's a match on, and it's just, it was just very weird. Yeah, just a random. You didn't know if it was one week or the next. It was a. It was not great. Um, I'll do my next because Jersey are probably more interested. Uh, yours is more interesting than mine, I imagine. Um, I got 2,146 points, um, which is my second best, but it was a bit of a drop-off from last season. I say that, it's not that much, but in terms of rank it is. So, uh, rank I came <clears throat> 578,132, uh, 132nd. Um, so, nothing great there. Um, but, yeah, second best score, nothing really... Uh, Right home about um I will obviously do a bit a, a much more uh, in depth analysis pod like we did last summer um when, when we find that tool again um but yeah I think I pretty much wasted like my triple captain uh my wild cards didn't go well and I, can't, I I'm pretty sure my bench boost went all right but the bench boost isn't that good um yeah the only thing I can talk about was how I transferred Antonio in and he scored four goals so. That's all. That's all I gotta bring up. This is all I gotta bring up because no, 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 no. Do continue about Antonio. What do you mean? No, enlighten the listeners. Come on. Well, right. So it was Norwich. So I brought him in. I can't remember what I sold. Um, so I brought him in. Um, he got loads of points. Kept getting loads of points. Last game of the season, I captained him. Get zero points. So that that's pretty much my. That's FPL for me in a nutshell right there. Which is just beautiful. It's just beautiful. But Cy brought him in as well, so it was his fault. Yeah, I brought him in for the for mm. as a a last week punt and he got a beautiful zero points. I would have been better just not exactly. touching my team. Hundred <laughs> percent. Been better at anyone. <laughs> See, it's his fault. It's his fault for ruining our Tony or J. Uh um but yeah, I mean, we'll get in, we'll get into more plays and stuff like that. But I, in my league and stuff, I was pretty much mid table in all of them. Um, so, Jay, how did your season go? Um, I finished on a very good score, which could have been much better had I actually have activated my triple captain. 
which I had on Kev De Bruyne. Um, so I finished the actual game on this game week on 104, and I actually missed out on another 19 points because I didn't put the triple captain on Kev. So I would have had a hell of a lot more there. 123 would probably be my biggest score of the season, I think, by a long way. But um, I finished overall on 2250. Um, I won a lot of personal leagues. Um, RAI Money League I finished fourth behind Simon I would not have caught him even if I had have put the triple captain on um, but all in all I think I didn't do too badly I mean the, what I mucked up on really was the last few weeks I was leaving players on my bench and getting them the wrong way around so I brought in Reese James and if I'd start Reese James then he might get one point and then Willie Bolly would be on the bench and he'd get a clean sheet and then I'd switch it round then Willie Bolly wouldn't get a clean sheet and Reese James would get a clean sheet for example or Egan from Sheffield United so I've played it around a bit um, I did try and look for differentials over the last few weeks so I did go with Giroud who done alright got me a, a few points over the, especially last few weeks I had the good week out of Troy Deeney when he got a couple of goals um, I had managed to get Martial as well he'd done a, a few good turns for me um, but my last week say Kev De Bruyne uh, 38 in total then I've got Ings who got me 8 Aubameyang 16 Fernandez 11 Sterling 8 Walker Peterson and James 6 apiece and then I had Giroud on my bench as well um, he got me 5 because I listened to everybody in our WhatsApp group who was telling me David Silva was going to have an absolute storm on his last game and he got 3 so I went with a 5 man midfield um, and took Giroud out so it would Two points is nothing. It wouldn't have made any difference to any of my leagues, but a positive end to the fantasy season as well. So I can't complain. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you've had a slightly better version of mine. Whereas I'm, I've just found my transfer history there. It's just like I had Martial and stuff like that, and he's not playing, and then he goes on massive runs, and just some weird-ass transfers. But that's I, I think the trick was... You had to, you had to have Fernandez, and then it was a case of Rashford, Greenwood, Martial, and I think mm-hmm. they would all sort of around the same. If you would have averaged their points up, I imagine over the last five or six weeks, they probably all averaged around the same points. So I think it's a case of who do you have in your side, where do you play them, and I think Martial was probably the best chip to have in terms of he's a midfielder, so it gives you more forward yeah. line options. So. I wonder how we'll, we'll say we'll get on this later on how things like that will change further down the line for next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's probably what we'll go to. Uh, n- well, almost next. But uh, I mean, I'll stay with you, Jim. I mean, key players. It's obviously someone I mentioned Antonio there, but there's some others I'll bring up. Any players that you thought were just constant, stable in your team? Um, for the obvious ones, um, you're going to go obviously look at De Bruyne. Um, Trent, up until the very last week of the season, was always in my team. I actually finished the season with no Liverpool players because I had an inkling that we would rotate, which we did. Um, so, yeah, um, Trent, uh, who else have I had for the season? Henderson in goal. I think when I did switch, I think early on the season, I've sort of flipped around a few keepers, but. I think I soon realised if you if you stuck with Henderson, you were probably averaging a clean sheet 
near enough every other week, maybe one in three at most. And uh, Egan, I also had as well. And from Sheffield's nice to done me well across the season. And I think that's probably all I'd say. I wouldn't give you guys a couple of other players to, to chip in with, but I'd say along the back line, there were my, those were my key three that were probably stuck with throughout the whole season was Trent Henderson and Egan. Yeah, yeah, just going through my old transfers there, I, I did the stupid thing of getting Pope in. I, I took Henderson out at the start, then brought Pope in. <laughs> and I think Pope ended up, he didn't start well, but he obviously finished quite strong being second in the Golden Glove, which is fantastic. Um, so I pretty much just had no good keepers all season. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I won't steal all of them, um, so I still want to bring them up, but... Obvious ones, probably Jimenez for me. I think I've had him pretty much all of the season. I'd like to say Ings, but I think I was quite late on the Ings hype, so I can't really say him. De Bruyne is the obvious one, as you say. Um, and maybe not. Maybe this was a slight mistake, but I had more most of the season. And obviously Moore's finished second in the midfielder's slot, which is obviously good, but there was times where he went through quiet, more quiet patches than you'd expect for Seller, and I was kind of reluctant to swap to either Mane or Sterling, but again, Sterling had quiet patches as well, so, I mean, maybe my reluctance to move off more at times has kind of been a problem, but I pretty much, I think I had more pretty much all season till like, the last two weeks, when he come, where he forgot how to shoot. <laughs> uh, but then I just brought Fernandes in, because I tried to jinx United, and it didn't work, because Brendan Rodgers is a big bottler. Um, but Sai, any players that are key for you? And Antonio, obviously. But uh, Sai, any um, key players for you for the season? Probably Sterling, actually, for me, was one that I... He was one of the few that I got right. I seemed to bring him in at the right times. Um, I captained him a few times. I missed uh, a couple of his bigger hauls, but I got the one, I think it was last week when he missed the penalty. Um, he ended up with quite a big score. I was actually just having a quick look at my week one team and he was in that he that was when he got the three he got 20 points that week and I actually did start with Pope and I think I made the mistake of moving Pope on to Henderson a little bit too late and then Pope started doing well and um but uh so I think Sterling Mo as well for me I think was quite good and Trent when I eventually got Trent in I actually started with Robertson and Van Dyke, but I think I moved to Trent quite quickly and I pre pretty much stayed on my team all the way to the end. Um that I didn't really stick with the same players too much. I actually I tried I think maybe I bounced around a little bit too much, which could have been a problem that I didn't have um a large number of kind of people who stayed on my team. But I'd say Sterling was probably the one for me that I just kept faith in him and he seemed to play quite a lot more minutes than people might have thought that he would. So I think he was um he was a pretty reliable one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Good shouts. Good shouts there. I mean I've got I've got the agenda in front of me and the next things I listed was Antonio and then F. Harry Kane. So there you go, people. Um We'll have a cast. Of, we'll cast the eye of the future now because we'll we'll do a big analysis pod as I said when uh, size actually just found the tool for us. But I'd rather have a bit of prep rather than just do it on the fly. Uh, so maybe we'll do that next week or something. Um, but in terms of the it, it changes, I mean, is there any let's call them exploits, Jay, that you could think? Of? I think mean, you've already mentioned Martial there. I mean, is he is he probably the most obvious one? 
I think he will go into the forward line and then I wonder how long the game is going to stick with Salah and Mane as mm. midfielders or will they eventually resort to putting them into a, a forward position? I mean, that's where they play and that obviously is is how we've, we've done so well as a team. But if the, if the game's going to keep them as midfielders, it, it does benefit for your selection of being able to, to choose three or, or two or three other forwards depending on how you line up your team. Um, so I think stuff like that, I think, will be interesting. Like, um, we'll, there's obviously players who we expect to go in, in price changes, but positional changes, I think they need to maybe consider what they're going to do around that. And I think those type of players who we would see normally as forwards, but they probably uh, attack and midfielders in, in abbreviations, if you want to put that way, or how the game puts them in. Um, but given the, the time frame between this season and next season, I think we said it's like six weeks and the fixtures are announced on the 21st of August, I think we said. So like three weeks now, roughly. Have they actually got time to to reconfigure the game or do they basically just go with, right, that's the players in those positions and mm. we might do a few price adjustments here and there, but we'll just go with what they are for next season because it's, it's so tight to try and make any significant positional changes. I think it'll just be price changes overall. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I mean, si, what it's hard because, as Jay said, the, there's only six weeks, so it's not really a game that changes massively anyway. But it, in this summer, well, I say summer, or it'll probably be autumn <laughs> by, the time it all, by the time it actually starts. Um are you expecting minimal changes or are you seeing a, a bit of an overhaul? Yeah, I, I don't think FPL is ever really going to put the um, those kind of attacking mids into the forwards. I think they kind of seem to view... That only seems to happen when someone moves into the number nine spot. So I could actually see maybe Martial and Antonio being put as forwards because they played in that number nine role now. Mm. Most like pretty much every time they play, but I don't know if they'd make then Rashford a midfielder because he hasn't really been. Yeah, he's been in that more even, front three, yeah. you know. So even Greenwood, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's he could be. I mean, in theory, if they're gonna have Mo and Sterling as midfielders, then they should uh, make. Rashford and Greenwood midfielders as well but um, so I I don't think they'll change them all but they might just pick a few like that who have spent most of their time in a more obvious forward role but um, they seem to just view the forwards as kind of those number nines as opposed to you know mm. I guess like a wide forward or a attacking mid or a, especially the people people as part of a front three is quite um, mm. a common thing now that we see in modern football that mightn't have been something that people did before. So I think this this four three three kind of makes it quite hard to define people as midfielders and forwarders. I just think it's too much of a complex issue and will end up with there'll be way too many um, people in the forwards role. And the fact that you can have five midfielders just makes me think that in a way, it kind of makes more sense to build a team when you have more midfielders to pick from. Mm. Uh, 
obviously you have all of your defence midfielders, but I mean they're kind of pointless in FBL. Um, so unless they did something about that, like you got points for passes, or then you're kind of getting into a whole new. I just think it would be a lot to kind of do in such a short space of time. They might change the chips. They might add one. They might get. They might take one out or replace one. Um, that's maybe the only thing I could see them doing of anything that would be drastic. But um, yeah, I think, and I think, I don't know if it's being confirmed or if it's just talk, but there is talk of changing the deadline to try and avoid people getting team leaks, which is actually something I Oof. think isn't a bad idea. So I don't know if that would mean that they'd push the deadline up to the, to like five minutes before the matches start so that everyone has more time to see the team leaks or if they'd pull the deadlines back to make sure that no one can get a team leak. So instead mm. of having, um, I think I, I think I just remember hearing about it on another podcast that there was maybe talk them just making the deadline always 5 p.m. on a Friday and no matter what the fixtures were and that way mm. it was just one time every week and because I do think there was a little bit of an unfair advantage again this week with a few of the teams being leaked like 10 minutes before um, the deadline so it does mm. just add that little bit of enough. So that's the only thing I can see them maybe doing. That'd be quite a big thing. Just maybe having like a, a fixed deadline on a Friday, which I like actually. I think that would be good for the game. Yeah, that's actually a good point because I mean, some teams leak quite consistent. I'm sure you both remember the Rogers day when we literally knew the team before Rogers <laughs> did, I think. <laughs> so it was. It, it doesn't really happen nowadays. I mean, we get you get the odd thing where you hear about injury news and stuff like that, and then it ends up being BS and it's just the same team. <laughs> um, but no, I think you you see it quite a lot in in the league overall. Um, and we know what use Pep as an example. If a Man City team leaked before the deadline, I mean that's just playing with gold because he rotates so much. If you get an advantage and you can save your transfers. That's pretty much a sure thing. So it's a, it, I think that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Um, gee, I mean, we we've had a few stories. I mean, in terms of like bargain players. I mean, we had Lund- the start. The first half of the season was all about Lundstrom, obviously, who was a midfielder playing in defence uh, in the game, um, which is also great. I mean, it's hard to see something like that happening again because I can't really think of. Someone who, especially the first half of the season, made such an impact and was pretty much in every team in the game. Yeah, uh, it's hard. There's always these what one player I can't think. Of. Was it Doherty maybe the season before from Wolves who was really high scoring because he was playing as basically a right winger mm. um, and. And maybe I don't. Maybe Johnny from the other side, but I think Doherty was the big one that stood out. As yeah, he he was a bargain for what what his price was, and then his price shot up for this season. He's not really been he's he's been good, but he's not been the same. And you've probably found Traore's dominated that right hand side more than than Doherty, obviously. So he's took the shine off, and he's also taken the points and stuff. But yeah, Lundstrom was was the man for the beginning of the season and then when they brought Sander Bergen he's 
sort of taking a spot. And if I remember rightly, I'm sure Lundstrom's out of contract, so he is. I yeah, yeah. I wouldn't think he'd be short of offers from other clubs because he is a handy player. Um, I think probably other players who've been underrated, maybe Pope, the goalkeeper. Obviously, you've said mm. you had him and then didn't have him, but. He's been consistent throughout the season. I think he's he is the top scoring goalkeeper in the game. He got 170 points, so that's 10 more than Henderson. Both 5.2 million. They finished the season on, but he, that that was probably when you look back, Burnley, you'd always sort of think, oh yeah, well they'll just do enough. But when you actually look at the statistics, they do actually get a fair amount of clean sheets, and I think maybe. Only the other ones for me would be the defenders from Sheffield United, the likes of Egan and Baldock, who bomb on and they get the odd assist and get the odd goal. But other than everyone else, really, I think sort of went to form um, as it would be. Like Stevens, 142, Baldock, 142. Lundstrom got 144, but I would imagine 120 of those was probably pre January or February, whenever Sander Berg come in. Um, and then arguable shouts maybe for the likes of Mason Mount who people were sort of questioning would he would yeah. won't he but he's had a good season especially in FBL terms and at 6 million I would say that's one maybe to keep an eye on because Chelsea are obviously investing heavily in their in their squad and will he feature next season That that's a mm. question that remains to be answered but if not, um, if if would he maybe see his future somewhere else if he's not getting a look in? I don't know, but he, he he's done well. Just like I'm just going through total point scores, but yeah, there's apart from the obvious, I think those are the couple of players I'd pick out for as a good year. Yeah, yeah, and Simon, I mean, Jay brought up a few, a couple of goalkeepers there, and goalkeepers are strange because we had the. Uh, we had the two premium one ones in Allison and Edison, who both cost over six mil, or they do now. Um, I think they started at six mil, I believe. Yeah, they're about six, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, obviously, Allison had his injury problems, so he's not at the top of the table. But if he played all season, you'd imagine he would be. Um, and as 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 Jay said, Pope's top, Henderson's second, Schmeichel's third, Patricio's fourth. De Gea's shit, but you still got a lot of points. <laughs> uh, and they all, I think they all started 4 5 5 ish. Um, could, could we see a bit of revamping in the goalkeeper spot? Because a lot of maybe the 5 is the starting point rather than 4 5. I'm not sure. I think they'll just probably bump up Pope to 5, I'd say. And I'd say. Henderson will be maybe go up to five five, but I I imagine he'll probably be five again. Mm. Um, depend might depend where actually, he goes actually. Henderson. Yeah, true. Because they did bump them down before. They used to have ones for who were six five, and then they bumped them down. It could have been last year, and Allison and Edison were both six, which was the first time that they didn't have a six point five. So I wonder if they mm. did that intentionally. But like, there's not a lot of points between them. So I mean, if you even look at. Ederson, who I think he finished around 10th and Pope, I mean, 30 points, it's not a huge, you know, it's not really a huge amount of points that you're going to get from, even if you were, even if you had have had Pope from day one, you're not talking about huge point pickups, really, so it's just, I mean, 
I still think, for me anyway, I still think your best bet is just picking a 4.5 and sticking with them. And if that's what I, if I had have done that, I would have had Pope from day one and just left mm-hmm. him in. But I think Burnley kind of started really badly and Pope is doing, I, don't, I actually don't know if they kept, they didn't keep a clean sheet for a long time. And I just thought that Burnley were just really bad and they couldn't defend anymore. And then they kind of, they fixed that and then... um. He ended up being the number one points scorer, but I think from day one, a lot of people had said that they thought he was under under priced anyway. Like he probably should have been five mm. from this year. But wasn't he injured the year before or something? And he I wasn't number one. Burnley started the season with he, Tom Heaton as well, didn't they? Yeah, I think there was a thing that people weren't hundred percent sure who was going to be first, so maybe that's why they couldn't make him five. Heaton so. was Villa guy. Okay, sorry, Keaton was Villa. <laughs> no, but they they signed him in the summer, didn't they? Yeah, I think so there he was. Started, the, yeah. He was at Burnley, wasn't he? he well, oh, was it this I summer? thought he was always at. No, no it was he was. He was definitely. He was at Burnley. Joe I think. So. Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think there was something anyway. Just, where they he start was. with Haas at the beginning of the season. There was something anyway that I think that people weren't certain if he'd be the top pick, and they had two people. Of, 4.5. It could have been. I Heaton rings a bell and then he moved mm. to. Um, but yeah, I I I I don't think they'll. I think they'll have, kind of like five or six of 4.5 like they normally do. I think most of the time they seem to put that on any teams who come up. I'd say whoever. I don't really know the lead team very well, but I imagine. Mm. Um, whoever they have will probably be five just because they're leads, I think. Um, and then no, I'd say... I'm not even sure their keeper is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. This would be something yeah. to they look had, into. They I had think. that Kaseya, didn't they? But I think he got screwed off because he, he did something racist or something, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting because we we, we're still waiting on who's coming up from the championship. Who, who won out yeah. with Swansea and Brentford last night? Swansea, Swansea Did the... Yeah, Brewster I think it's going to be Swansea or Fulham, probably. They're still on the, still over two legs, though, so yeah. it was at Swansea last night. And ah, that's Brent, not too bad. Brentford were the best of the team for the first ooh, half hour easily. Mm. They, were, they were on top. Um, and they get someone sent off. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, I, I, I missed think, after I that. Right, but the other teams are Cardiff and Fulham. Christ, so that sounds terrible. <laughs> they're very much, very much in the yo-yo club category. You could probably put them in. Swansea um, or Brentford, please, out of that group. <laughs> uh, uh, Heaton was at Burnley at the start of the season. Yeah, he moved in. The there summer. was a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Did he start though? I no, he was just I, like no. Because they the, when FPL released the game, he was still at Burnley. So there's yeah, a, and it was before his Pope, move. So yeah. didn't Pope miss? Didn't the year before Pop got a really bad injury and he didn't play for like yeah I think he dislocated his shoulder or something if I remember came correctly back and he yeah. wasn't first choice and there was this whole thing but yeah yeah no I think I do I think I'm gonna just go back to what I did before where I just pick one and just leave them in and the only time I'd maybe do a change beyond the wild card which is actually probably what I did to Pope to Henderson I can't remember. Remember now, but um, mm-hmm. I made a lot of goalkeeper 
transfers this season. I think I'm more than I normally would, and it's mm. just it's so hard. To, I think you're just better just to pick one and leave it on them until they get injured. Yeah, I did. I did a lot. Of, I did a yeah. lot of pushing about myself. I think I've had like Ryan from Brighton too much. Who they've not really had a good defense all season. I've, yeah, sorry, really I've, bad, I've, yeah. yeah. I've got McCarthy at Southampton at the minute, which is well, it just kind of sums it up. Really. I've had Debravka at times, Gaeta oh. at times. It, yeah, it, it's it's not uh, it's not great. I think the only person I've not had is fucking Pickford, <laughs> even though I'm not that <laughs> stupid. Uh, Jesus. Um, I can't even remember what we're talking about. Is there one player mm. price goalkeepers, but just one person there who Jay didn't mention actually. I had, just had a look on the FPL Twitter. Was Danny Ings was the best value player in the game mm. overall um, in terms of like points per price? He returned twenty six point one points per million, which is the best. Um, it's his best, and it was the best value player in the game so I imagine he's going to get a huge price like it'll probably be 9.5 or something I'd say next season well that kind of that kind of leads us on to it I mean I've just realized I can actually see his start of season price if I just scroll along on the fi- on his uh this yeah. season fixture bit six you learn, million you learn something new insane. every day <laughs> <laughs> um Christ he went down in price before he went up in price that's a surprise yeah so he was 5.9 mm. at one point yeah what about so if, someone, though, if someone picked him up at that at the start or towards the start <laughs> yeah. and just kept him there, a lucky bugger. But I mean, if you have a look at him there, like from game from Spurs away game week game week seven, he pretty much scored nearly every week until the end of the season. He only had one little bad run where he didn't score in three, I think. But yeah, he was pretty. He kind of just seemed to score one nearly every week. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not surprised he would, he got bargain of the season. But yeah, I mean that kind of leads on to players who have shot up in price and kind of with an eye into the next season's game. I mean Ings is probably the perfect start point. We kind of had a similar situation with Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson had nowhere near as good a season as Danny Ings, but he shot up and then he kind of became unownable. And obviously Bournemouth were terrible this season, but. Could you see a similar thing with Ings? Because he's 7.3 now, and we said he started at 6. I mean, he's probably going to go to 8 at the very lowest, you'd imagine. Yeah, minimum 8. Uh, what, Jimenez, is, he's finished the season on 8. I think he's probably started on 7.5. You'd be able to just tell me that more than I would have when we got the basic seven five, in front of me yeah. on my phone. Yeah, 7.5. Um, yeah, I mean... The big, the big price players, apart from probably the the top midfielders, are always obviously your forwards. But even if you look at the the likes of what Rashford is nine million, Firmino is nine point three. So probably give or take, he was nine or nine and a half. I think Vardy was about nine and a half. So I think maybe you might you might pingings in at eight point five, maybe to nine million for next season. Um. And see how he goes, but there'll be there'll be a, there'll be a few players who, who climb and a few players who dip. And I think obviously we, we've all got a, a wait on the on the transfer market and see how that goes. Um, like the likes of Greenwood is four point eight. I think he he may have started off with four point five, 
Um, he's going to get mm. a price hike. I imagine he'll he'll probably be more five, near five, the six. six yeah. Um, having a having a just a quick look through the through the striking departments. Um, does players like Wesley? Is he is he is he going to do anything? Or is, will he be binned? Ian Acho five point seven. He, he clearly doesn't pay that. Like he should be down with Shane Longer four point five million. Um, hey, don't disrespect Schlong. Chris won. Chris Wood six point two million. I think he's. I think that's about right. To be fair, that's about right. Um, um, Hall Haller five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right anyway, then we we got to see where like the likes of Timo Werner. We know he's coming in at Chelsea. Where's yeah. he going to be slotted in? Given his his record in Germany, imagine they might ten at probably the put him in. Around about the nine million, probably with Ooh. the Jimenez Ings, I think. I'd take that. I'd take that as a gamble, I, me. I mean, we we don't know, do we? Midfield, um, um, wise De Bruyne's a big, De Bruyne's a big one. There, he's going to go straight. What was he? Nine and a half at the start. Yeah, he's now ten point six. So I imagine he was probably nine, and, nine a half. and a half. Yeah, he was nine and a half. He's going to go straight. Yeah, he years. had that thing where he missed most of the year before, so yeah. his points were so low that he took it. Because I think he might have been eleven before, or maybe ten point five. Yeah. And I remember he had a huge dip in price. I'd take money off Sterling. I don't think he's twelve million. I know he scored two. I mean. For a large chunk of the season, ever since Joe Gomez picked him up, he just mm. faltered for weeks upon weeks, it's, and he done nothing. But well, it's a good. I mean, there's a good comparison there. I think uh, I saw it on Twitter, and I'm I'm not the biggest stats person, but I think it's like Sterling. Obviously, only I think he got one assist this season, or zero assists actually. But he's like XA numbers. I don't want to get too technical and boring. Uh, but his XA numbers were like huge, and people were missing chances and stuff like that. And comparing him to Fernandez, who came in and got like a bazillion points, even he has though, even though he's weeks scoring. though. Yeah, just just go through Sterling's stats. Like week mm. one, he got twenty points, and then week thirty-seven plus as it is on the game, seventeen. Week thirty-five plus mm. twenty-one. Then against us, he got sixteen. Yeah, and then like there's a couple of weeks where he's got tens. But for eighty percent of the season, he's hitting ones and twos. Like he's not a consistent FPL player for that value. Like, he he does score the big points when he scores yeah. the big points. But I, to be fair, I could see them bringing down all of them because I, I think Salah's had a good numbers season. Like he's had loads of goals and assists. Same with Mane. Sterling Stern's had obviously lots of goals, but I wouldn't be surprised if you bring them all down to like eleven and a half. Because if the is price not the, what money was at the I think, start yeah, of the I season, think was cheaper, wasn't it? Money I think was, there was yeah. a, a million was between a, him yeah, and Salah. So it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if they either start all at eleven and a half or twelve. Because Salah was twelve and a half. I think he was the most expensive in the game. So if him, Mane, Sterling, and De Bruyne are all the same price, I could see that. And then if because if yeah, they, if they bring they the, could all be twelve. Yeah, if they bring the prices five, down maybe. of them. You can put the prices of the forwards up because if Jimenez and Ings are going up, it kind of screws us over. So we'll have to like skimp somewhere, which is always the debate and it's always the decision in FPL. But if if De Bruyne's costing eleven mil, twelve mil, I mean we're going to be stuck with like Che Adams up front rather than Danny Ings up front. 
So Fernandez is probably going to be around about ten and a half. Yeah, I would imagine he's nine now. I think he come in at eight point five, maybe eight. I um, think so. Yeah, but one hundred and seventeen points in half a season. Obviously, give that and just do the basic maths and double it. That will put him on just shy of two forty. Put him above Salah. Um, just about and below Kev. So, I, <laughs> overall, in the, in the total aspect of the game, he, he would have finished second. Mm. I think total he's points. A, I think he's a tad unsustainable though. He has scored a lot of goddamn penalties. But United will always get penalties. It's very true. I, the, the, as bad as they've been, I, I have the theory that the referees in the game now have grew up seeing United being the dominant force and United always getting their own way and always getting decisions and the fact that it being Old Trafford especially, like if it's there, you've got to give it sort of thing. I know there's no crowds mm. at the moment, but I think these referees have, have grew up in an era of Man United are, are the force and they've always got their own way and if it's a 50-50, it goes to United where a lot of other teams will not get that decision, and you just see like, yeah, some of the decisions are, are, are laughable, but they get them. Mm. I don't even, I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's like a Liverpool bias. Like you, you've seen, it's not. Even if you just it's use really the, not. if you use Project Restart as a microcosm, they've had literally. I think Chelsea had a lot of penalties as well, but Man United were getting a penalty literally every goddamn game, and as you say, not all of them were. What's the shitty VAR phrase? Clear and obvious. Stonewall. St- yeah, none oh. of none of them were Stonewall. Maybe the one yesterday that was quite Stonewall. Um, well, it, it was. It was com- careless. Yeah, but it's sh- not. You're not seeing like challenges where you've wiped out a player. And mm. There's been a lot of dubious decisions, you could say. But as, and- so- as soon as the ref gives it with the stupid way they've implemented VAR, you just go, "Well, it's." He's touched him, so it's not obviously a dive or anything like that, so they have to give it. But at the same time, VAR is kind of... It's just kind of pointless, because it's going, oh, he's my mate, I don't want to make him look like a dickhead on TV. He's like, okay, cool. But they've kind of... They've handcuffed themselves with the clear and obvious thing, and as you say, with referees, they will... Well, they evidently are. Man United are getting more penalties than... Us and Man City, who are, probably have the most touches in the box. I think Man City have a bazillion touches in the box. I know they've had a lot of penalties, but it's understandable when Man City have the best, most attacking team in the Premier League. It, it's just daft. It's just daft. But hopefully, well, we've been waiting, what, 20 years, 30 years? <laughs> for, for yeah, the... I just think it's it, it's just inbred into the minds that like they just know United will you'll get decisions like it it still feels as though there's an element of Fergie living on like mm. in the referees here and if Fergie doesn't like a certain referee he, mm. he very rarely went back to Old Trafford at all or if he did it would be the referee would manage it would referee a game against a very much lower opposition and things would just look after themselves in the game but there's a reason how Webber did every bloody big man United give. <laughs> yeah, I just think it it's something that's like no one really will say it out loud, but I think like it, it it is something that is just in the back of referees' minds that United are, are the big boy still. 
and mm. that's horrible to say, but I think it just is. Uh, to be honest, regardless of what we think, it's just there. It's evidence. Oh yeah, it's stone cold evidence. Yeah. The amount of fouls, if you want to say fouls or penalties, they've been awarded, and for the minimalist touches, and you see the likes of Salah getting tugged. He should have and had like he, at least four penalties since the restart. If he goes, <laughs> if he goes down, he's lambasted for diving or for going down too easily. And sometimes he does choose the wrong time to go down. And the likes of Minamino against Arsenal, mm. when he was clearly impeded, but out of the like the nature of the player to try and score and stay on his feet, the referee just shrugged it off. But you could guarantee if that would have been United, it would have at least been looked at. You, yeah. you just you just know, and and it's yeah, not yeah. with the Liverpool head on. You're saying that it's just with a football head on. I can't even remember our last penalty. To be honest, the last one uh, I remember was the Leicester one, like at the start of the season, where like I think it was all Brighton lost the ball and booted at Mane, and people were kicking off about it. I don't know when our last pen was exactly. <laughs> and United I'm trying was to yesterday. Think that. <laughs> Uh, I will. I will go back and have yeah. a look while you're speaking to I think, Simon. But I... yeah, <laughs> I, I had a look the other day. I think it was like West Ham New Yearish. I think I will find out. I'll do my best now to find out. Yeah. Um. But Simon, is, is there any players in in the other in the other way around that were priced too high and probably will become cheaper? That might become an option. I mean, I'm looking at one now, and it's it's Pepe from Arsenal. He was priced at, um, I think he was priced at nine. Let me have a looky. He was priced at nine point five, and obviously his numbers are nowhere near that. But if he if he, after his first year in the Premier League, if he goes down to a seven or seven point five, does someone like a Nicholas Pepe become an option? I could do, yeah. Um, I mean, Arsenal Arsenal can only get better. So I mean, and he. He does look a threat when he plays. He's like he looks like the type of person who has the potential to be a very good FBL player. He just lacked a bit of that finishing product, um, and just maybe a little bit of getting used to the league and the team taking a bit more time to gel. But I think if Arsenal depends who they buy, I don't know if Aubameyang is going to stay, mm-hmm. if Lacazette's going to stay. But I mean, in a way, that could be better for him if one of those two left yeah. and there was a little bit more reliance on him he could kind of s- step up I mean I actually really like him as a player I think he's got like he, he can definitely cause the d- d- defenders a bit of a headache um, and he could I think if he drops down a fair but he could definitely be a cheeky little option because I imagine just kind of a little a, kind of a reversal of that Chelsea Last year, everyone was priced way under their probably what they should have been, and I wonder if we'll kind of maybe Spurs and Arsenal might have something like that next year. I mean, Ericsson, I mean, wasn't he? I think he was injured for a fair, but he barely did a thing, and Ali barely did anything. Son, even I don't think he was anywhere near what. what did he end up on? About 150 points or something? 169 points, and he was 9.5. So he'll definitely come down as well, I think. So there might be a few bargains like that of people who've done well in the past or people who kind of were only new to the league last last year. But um, 
there's not really anyone else. I mean, especially from kind of the top four and stuff who were priced high and who didn't mm. perform really very well. Joe Allen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good. Hmm. Could Bobby? I mean, maybe could Bobby be Nabby, one of them. Bobby, yeah. Kada could be one for Liverpool if yeah. he gets that. If he n- nails down that spot, which I think he could be one of the first. Um, I think you could play quite a lot of minutes if you can stay injury free. But he seems the type of player who could pick up, you know, maybe like eight, nine, ten goals. Um, if you were to mm. pick him up at the right time and he went on a little run, he could be very good. I mean, I imagine he won't change in price, but was he 5-5 five, five or something? or 5.5 um, five or maybe even 6. And maybe someone like Minamino. I mean, they're the only two I can really think of from... 6 was K. Two two. Yeah. yeah, and Minamino was also 6. I mean, like that's a good price for a player who has the potential to do something but I feel like with those people you'd have to just pick them at the right spot maybe for a good run of fixtures or if we had maybe Henderson was injured or something you know like there was a person out that you knew that they'd play a fair bit Um, I also I suppose with Mane and Mo being um, midfielders it does make it quite hard to kind of go I mean like I'd say most people are going to be on Trent and one of Mane or Salah and then mm. so maybe someone like Ox or Keita or Minamino could be a little pick up but I think a team like Spurs and Arsenal I think we might find some good bargains there based on just how kind of how bad they've been um, and how expensive a lot of their players are at the moment yeah yeah, yeah. Spurs, is, Spurs is a weird one because Harry Kane costs 11 and he's still one, two, three, four, five, sixth highest, sixth highest forward. And he's obviously missed a, a good chunk of the season. But when you watch him, it's just like, what do you do? He should be a midfielder. <laughs> he yeah. Be changed to midfielder nearly the well, way he plays. It wouldn't, well, it would surprise me. But yeah. <clears throat> he's still obviously returning, but you meant Spurs, I mean, they've had such a weird season, but they've kind of ended it quite well. Yeah, I guess they did come back a little bit, but I just think Kane's the only one who really picked up a significant amount of points. Son did well, but I don't think he was anywhere. I think like at 9.5, I suppose, like Pepe too, I think they both, um, at 9.5, you'd expect them just to do Mm. that much better. So I could nearly see them being priced around Pulisic price and him being priced at 9.5. Something like that could happen because a, a lot of those Chelsea players were really, really underpriced. Um, just based on that, yeah. no one really knew what they were going to do, I suppose. But it'd be interesting to see how high they 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 are now next season. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea's such a weird one because obviously they've got they've already got two confirmed signings coming in. They've obviously linked with um, Havertz as well, and you mentioned Mason Mount if he. He'll probably stay at Chelsea, but if his price goes up and other players come in, his value for us will go down. But, I mean, Chelsea's such a weird question mark because they've got Werner, they've got Ziyech. Does that affect... I don't know if you have any confidence, but say if you were wanting Pulisic, does them signings make you lose interest in someone like Pulisic? 
Um, I guess it potentially you've got to see how they're going to line up. I mean, all indications would say they're going to a four-two-three-one. You would imagine, given by the players that they've got, um, with you'd say Pulisic one side, uh, Zayech in the middle. You could play anyone on the other far side and then Werner up top, or you could play Werner left, Zayat in the middle, Pulisic right, Abraham up top. Mm. Um, they've got flexibility. They've got plenty of options. Um, obviously, I think the likes of Pedro and Willian are going to move on, so mm-hmm. that frees up squad positions as it would be. But the likes of Mount, Hudson, Adoy, Loftus-Cheek, these are local lads who... Sort of, yeah, be interesting where they go. You would see that that would have been the future for Chelsea 12 months ago. And as it's transpired, you'd say Mount's head and shoulders above the other two, absolutely, in the season he's had. But then Loftus Cheek's been hampered by injury, but he's also he's not a young lad anymore. He is, I think, he is about 23, 24, so he's got a career decision, I think, to make maybe this summer. They've, he might move on and I think when he was at Crystal Palace for example he, he did do well and if he went somewhere where he could show his talents then maybe he could be one that you'd look at because if he can stay fit he is he is a monster of a player yeah. like but um, I don't know it, it, you've just got to see with him we haven't really got time we've got six weeks I think it is we said till, till the season starts so I don't know what's happening with pre-season friendlies. I I would imagine, if anything, you might see a couple of teams do exhibition stuff, maybe abroad, if it's safe to do so. But is it really worth it? Um, the likes of Man City, United, have still got European competitions that mm. they've got a keen interest in. I think Chelsea, you probably write them out of the Champions League, 3-0 down to Bayern. And I think they've got to go to Munich. So you yeah, probably write them out of the Champions League pretty quickly. Um, but we don't we don't know what's happening like with preseason where where teams are going to go, who they're going to play. Players, I know Liverpool have got two weeks off, but I've, I mean all this stuff. Then you've got to look at going into next season, which obviously we'll get to in pods closer to the time. But stuff like would you pick players based on the fact that they're just going to start for clubs who aren't? in European competitions to be in the season like the likes of maybe Sheffield United players I mean Wolves are still in Europe too so that these sorts of questions we've got to consider um, it's it's a hard one like to, to try and predict I think all we all we can do probably is we could probably nail down I'd say Nine or ten players who most people would probably have in the squads, as Simon said, like you probably have one of Trent or Robertson, and then it's probably either or Mane, Salah. Mm. I imagine De Bruyne probably next season. He's he's finished the season on forty eight point nine percent of selection in the game, which is the highest selected. I would imagine he'd be close to sixty percent or more mm. come the start of next season in in ownership. Um. Surprisingly, Van Dijk is next behind him, forty-two point four. Then Trent and then Salah. Interesting. Um, even twenty-eight percent still own Lundstrom. I think that's purely because of his value of <laughs> hey, he price. Scored, he scored yesterday. <laughs> yeah, um, but 
there's there's a handful of core players, but I think this game was all about differentials and even if we just take it back to your one with Antonio at the time, you got him in and he, yes, no one else had them, really. No one probably had them at that time. And you got him. You, you're seeing a point hike in him. But then it's being clever enough to shift off these players. And no doubt if there was another game next week, you'd probably think, well, if West Ham were playing, I don't know, let's just say, Southampton away, captain. you'd go. You'd, would you captain or cash in? Captain. It's it's, it's one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's the game you play with FPL. It's you make these moves where you probably have a core of eight players, and then there's probably three that you leave over the question mark, and you probably swap in and out. Well, yeah, I don't. It's it's hard. And just quickly back on the put, you were right about the penalty. Um, our last penalty was West Ham at home in yeah. January. I checked it. Some we were. I was talking about it the other day. One of my WhatsApp groups. It popped back in my head. But uh. we've had six penalties this season. Um, two against Arsenal. Uh, one was in the League Cup. Um, two against Leicester. Milner converted both of them home and away. Uh, and one against West Ham. One against Tottenham. Um, Salah scored four of those penalties Milner scored two obviously I say um, we're not getting them <laughs> basically no. simple as that we're not getting penalties we've not had most penalties of them are, since the end of January if they're against Arsenal as well that hardly counts because it's, it's a freebie of Dan yeah. Louise's playing yeah I think I think there was a stat going around that Louise gave five penalties away this season which is the most in one Premier League season but which is impressive I, we've had I know there's been a gap in the season, but we've not had a penalty since West Ham at home, which was the end of January. So I'd imagine there's been 15 league games, give or take, since then. Um, Yeah. Champions League, FA Cup. Not not one penalty. I mean, the way people were screaming, it's Liverpool, like... All right, we might have got a couple of goals, maybe offsides and stuff that went our way, but penalties, no, nah, we we ain't getting them at all. You've you've got to be mugged to get a penalty, I think, and if you're a Liverpool player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and to finish, I'm going to ask you both a question about next season. It's going to be if one transfer could kind of spark you into kind of reforming your team. It doesn't have, don't have to give me a name, but like a position, like say if. I don't know, Chelsea got or Black or something like that, for example. Um, is the one position in a team that you think that will transform their team? And I'll, I'll start just to give you a bit more thinking time. For me, it's maybe not the biggest or most impressive, but if Brighton got a goal scorer, like I like Neil Mopai, but if Brighton, a good attacking team, got, I don't know, say if they get Tammy Abraham if he wanted to leave Chelsea, I think that would be like proper... Proper value. Um, Sai, any any team you could think of of a position that could potentially transform? Mm. I, I was going to say maybe yeah. if Man United got a defender, but I mean they've got a lot of issues back there. So maybe if Chelsea actually got a either a really good defender or someone like as you were saying, All Black. Um, I think just because they have a really good attack, I think that could just um, 
it would just make them a, a really good option then if they could um mm-hmm. they had maybe even like a really good uh defensive midfielder that could allow their attack to to function better and to not be dependent on them to be tr- to have to track back or to be to have too much pressure on them to oh you know what i mean just mm-hmm. to uh, just to unlock their attack that little bit more i think that could be pretty good yeah yeah i could i can see that um do you any any team you think missing a key key part um i don't think i can pinpoint it to one team but i can pinpoint it to a position of being a forward and obviously mm. that's Goals, goals mean points, points mean prizes, sort of thing. But if you just look at, like, some teams just need that striker and mm. Newcastle, yeah, with the money, if yeah. if they can get hold of a big, big name quality striker, even like you say, like Tammy Abraham, if he went to Newcastle with Almiron, Saint Maximum, and if they got someone else on the other side and built around him like he could fire them like right up the table and then if you just look at other teams they just need like that one player mainly a striker the likes of like Sheffield United screaming out for the quality striker mm-hmm. um, if Burnley could get something a bit different but then it depends if Dicey's going to stay and if they if play they that way I think more a winger for Burnley I think uh, yeah but then I think I don't. I don't want to. Don't want it to happen. But if if Man City can find someone to long term replace Aguero, um, mm. because he's picked up a hell of a lot of injuries over the last two or three years, and Jesus is okay, but he's not nowhere near Aguero's level. If, if like if they went out and got someone like I don't know. Like the link with Latoro Martinez, or yeah, uh, like somebody who is a prolific goal scorer. I, I don't know who they could get. Like I'm not as clued up on European football as other players, but they have all the tools, especially in the attacking line. They've obviously they've lost Sane, so I can see them getting a another attacker because they've only got Sterling Mares really as your wide players. Bernardo's been quiet this season, but I imagine he would step up with. David Silver going, mm. but if they if they got someone really really good, they could be they could be dangerous in terms of fantasy points because when City don't win games really two 0 it's always four or five when they when they get a team on the rack they they do blow them away and that that'd be the scary prospect I think. Yeah, it's a good shouts there. I'd agree with the Newcastle one, but there's a lot of question marks. What, what's happening there? Um, Man City, yeah, you could probably give them a few striker, defense, winger. Um, it, it, it probably the most important summer for them. But uh, we won't. We've gone over an hour now, so we'll finish up there. Um, we'll probably be back, maybe next week, maybe the week after. But we'll see how FPL develop. But yeah, we'll do. We'll be we'll be busy in this uh, few weeks before the start of the next season. Um. Anything, anyone need to add anything before I finish up? Uh, I think that's everything. No, I'm just very disappointed with the fact that in the future we cannot select our very own Diane Lovren in the game. 
a sad day. 5.3 million will not be spent again on FPL, on a man who's earned 18 points this season. Selected by 0.2% of brave men. Well, finally, his time has come. And there's no better way to finish than a moment silence for Dejan Lovren. Thank you. Podcast Network.